Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast, where we have welcomed back Celine Yeager. Celine is a prolific writer for Bicycling Magazine and a number of other publications, but that's maybe where you might be most familiar with her work. She is the host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, which is great and filled with a ton of really good content. But Celine's been an uh, avid athlete and content creator for a very, very long time and author. I can't even remember how many books she's written or co-written. It's an awful lot. Uh, and we've had the honor of hosting Celine on the podcast twice before, but it's been a year and we thought we'd have plenty to talk about. So we were very, very excited to have her back on the show and we get to catch up about a bunch of different things, events, but we also got to pick her brain about some of the stuff she's learned from her new podcast, Hit Play, Not Pause which is primarily focused on menopausal athletes and that change. But she's had, I listened to her podcast because she has so much good stuff about just aging athletes in general. And uh, so we get into a little bit about that. And I have an opportunity to tease her back about attempting an Everesting at some point. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Celine, for spending some time with us again and uh we'll have you back again for sure so thank you for doing that everybody thank you for tuning in we really appreciate it if you're able to um if you can like rate or review the podcast on whatever podcast platform you find us that's a big help in helping us find other audience members particularly subscribing that's very helpful so thanks for doing so if you haven't already please do this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the state bicycle company who you can visit at statebicycle.com Check State early and often and follow them on Instagram. That's where you're going to find announcements on new products. And they do have parts and apparel in stock. They're constantly changing their bike line. They have so many cool things from really uh, inexpensive entry-level stuff to more racy stuff. Check them out at statebicycle.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Wheel Science. With Wheel Science, you can use code Adventure Audio. That's going to give you 10% off any of their high-performance carbon fiber wheels for mountain bikes, cyclocross, gravel, road, triathlon, you name it, they've got it. Check them out at wheelscience.com. And if they don't have something or if you're not sure what you want, communicate with Peter from Wheel Science and he will coach you through what are the most appropriate wheels given your circumstances, which is going to be based on a whole bunch of different factors. Lastly, the podcast is brought to you by The Black Bibs, who you can visit at theblackbibs.com. Uh, same thing with them. Follow them on Instagram, follow them on social. That's where you're going to find out when they're doing limited edition runs, seasonal stuff. Uh, they have they have some of the best and most affordable cycling apparel anywhere. Check them out at theblackbibs.com. And once again, thanks everybody for listening. On to Celine Yeager. How's it, go- How's it going back? Are you uh, in Pennsylvania? I am in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's going How's- well. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, it's early spring here, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of starting to break through a little bit, though? You know, it, it does the flip-flop thing, so it snowed yesterday, but it's sunny and warm today, and then it's going to snow. It's it's doing the capricious spring thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's it wasn't really a bad winter here, anyway. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. So, yeah, we realized that it's been a year. So, yeah, <laughs> like, well, we, it was a year before between the last ones so I was like we should there's no doubt we'll find, find something to talk about so we'll, we'll see if Celine can carve out a little bit of time for us so thanks for thanks, yeah, for, thanks doing for having it. me again it's a good tradition podcast and stuff yeah we thought why not so what's uh what's new in your part of the world and uh, forgive me I know I know that um unpaved is your husband the event director or did he yes. back the event? okay both, both. okay okay yeah. 
So how is that going? Because like, how are restrictions there? Does it look like you guys can have like a normal event this year? We had kind of a normal event last year, honestly. Did I? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it's funny, some of the COVID restrictions, because we we did the event much scaled back in 2020, um, Mm -hmm. because things were still kind of like opening up at that point before they shut back down. But we did that, and I think we talked about that last time, the the sort of loose window of start, you know, that you could start between seven and nine, depending on like how speedy you thought you would be. And the segment racing situation where it's not, you know, start to finish, but rather six long segments within the race itself. We just maintained that because everyone loved it. Everyone was super happy and it gave people a chance to, because the eight stations are super fun. We have like um, espresso and beer and pierogies and all kinds of local food. So like everyone who's racing stops, you know, they all stop because why not? You know, there's, you don't have to like, there's all this, it was funny. I was listening to Ted King and uh, Pace and McCulvin on their podcast yesterday talking about Mid-South and people trying to win it in the aid station kind of things, you know, like the front group, because it's going to be like 18 degrees when they start. And sometimes unpaved is like that too. It's crazy cold, but then it's going to get to like 50, you know, so you have like all of your clothes on and you're trying to get this like, you know, polite agreement with the front of the pack. Like, can we stop and take off our balaclavas? You know, are, are we all just going to keep them on and just race through the aid stations and cook ourselves? And so it's with this, it just shuts right. that off. You, you, you know, your time is your time on those segments and you get to the end when you do. So it, yeah, we managed, we, we maintained all of that and it, it creates a really fun event for everybody. So the pointy yeah. end people still get a race and everyone else, everybody gets a day. That's a great format. It's a great format. It's a great format. I, and you don't I have would... a line like out the, you know, the the wazoo for the the portage. You know how that is. Like, hold my bike. I've got to pee, and you've got thirty mm-hmm. seconds to the start, and it, it all of that tension is gone. I mean, there's enough tension, right? And people aren't like, it's not as dangerous in the start because the starts are crazy because you have yeah. like a thousand people and everyone is amped up and trying to get to the front, and it just takes that away. Yeah. Uh, so what's the name of this event? Unpaved? Is that right? Unpaved. Yeah. Great. And Central when is PA. it? It's always uh, Columbus Day or Indigenous People's Day or whatever you want to call it day weekend. Yep. So the second weekend in October, which tends to dovetail with peak foliage in Central PA, which, make, which makes it pretty spectacular. You're in like these just golden tunnels of leaves. Perfect. Which is on purpose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it the the town um, it's in the Susquehanna River Valley, and mm-hmm. they have their Lewisburg, which is the town. There's it's a little college town. It's really cute. They have a fall festival there that same weekend, so they have actually just embraced unpaved as part of that. So everybody is in the same um, town square, and there's crafters and brewers and all kinds of stuff. It's really fun. And now they have a uh, stand up paddleboard the day before, like nine miles down the river, which is pretty cool. That's which great. You're probably too busy yeah. to do, right? What's that? You're probably too busy to participate in that, but you'd love I to. I have been, but I really want to. So I'm gonna. I, one of these times, I'm gonna try to do it because I really, really love it. And I should say uh, that Dave has hired um, Sim, uh, Samara. I'm blanking on her last name. She does True Grit as the race director now. So we brought on some help because he was. Oh my God, 
you know, he's getting an MBA, he has a brand new job and he was trying to do all this. It was just like, not, it, it was untenable. So very grateful to have, um, she's a professional race director. She used to do the Rift in oh. Iceland. So she, yeah, she, yeah, she knows what she's doing. Um, and she fell in love with the area. She actually bought a farm <laughs> like the weekend after she came out and she's gonna have like a little vineyard in central PA, so a winery. So it's wow. really rad. She liked it so much she bought a farm. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's, pretty that's strong. Yeah. And she organized the rift. Yeah. Yeah. She was one of the, I, she wasn't the founder, but she was the race director of that for a couple of years. That is a major bucket list event. Me too. Looks like the, the pictures just melt my brain. It looks so yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Super, super, super cool. So Celine, you got, I mean, you wear many different hats. What else have you been up to? You're not just a race promoter. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> Barely, right, I don't have right. the constitution for that. Like that weekend is the most stressful weekend of my life because I'm really? just, I, oh. yeah, I just feel like, you know, the, the sun sets and there's still people out and I'm just yeah. like, you know, saying Hail Mary is like, everybody get back safe. Like I don't have the, I just worry too much for that. So I just oh. shut that part of my, I let him just deal. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I can't, I just can't. Isn't it the best feeling in the world? Like, do you guys, do you guys chip time or number time? Yeah. But you know, yeah. you always have people like leave, you know, they yeah. go home or something and that like there's three chips missing, right? And I'm sure. just like, it's very Somebody's there, or that's what I think in my part of the world. Oh <laughs> yeah, so yeah, totally. Somebody is, yeah, it's something catastrophic has happened. That's yeah. it. But no, so I'm not a, I'm not a race promoter. My husband is, I help. Um, but I, you know, the podcast is going super well, which is really great. Awesome. And, um, you know, we have a new book the that I wrote with Stacy Sims you know we have Roar which was the women's physiology one and there's a follow-up to that called Next Level and that is launching in May so lots going on there mm -hmm, lots going on lots plenty plenty you know still doing some of my stuff with bicycling good. so yeah it's been it's been good and doing my own thing I'm not going to the Mid-South this weekend which looking at the weather I'm not super sad about that <laughs> I'll be on your neck of the woods. I'm kind of, I'm doing the last best ride in August. Heck yeah. Wow. Great. That's great. Yeah, Good I love Jess, Sarah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Good Very for cool. you. All right. Well, Pete might be doing it. Maybe. Are you going to be there? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just, <laughs> oh, I, you I should always, be there. I, I put him in all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. That's how we got into Everesting. Like, we just got to keep yeah. doing things. Yeah. You're doing 14 peaks next, right? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay. That's uh, it. Yeah. No, you know, I I am gonna try. I'm I am race directing an event. I think two weeks prior, but close by. So what event is that? Area of Alberta. So it's like from where Jess is running Last Best in Whitefish, Montana. It's like a three-hour drive. Yeah. So is it a fine. gravel event? It is. Well, I have a mountain bike and a gravel event on back-to-back -back days. Oh, nice. They do that here. Um, I did it a few years ago. Jeremiah Bishop just won it. Uh, it's the Strata 4060 or 6040, where it's a 60 mile gravel race on Saturday and a 40 mile mountain bike race on Sunday. They do okay. that in uh, Stokesville, Virginia, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Do you have to ride both? Because like ours is like they're separate. You don't. You don't. You like you get extra, you know, badass points, I guess, if you do both. But you can yeah. pick and choose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the same idea here. So if you're out west, give it some thought. You need more time to be here though. But they're, they're yeah. Pretty I, that would be more time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What else do you have on the calendar? 
what else is on the calendar? A lot of local stuff because we have so many things here. So the monkey knife fight, which my husband also helps put on, which is <laughs> best racing of all time. It's yeah, we just we have all these. A lot of our roads are paved, but the ones that are not paved tend to be like just ludicrous climbs. You know, mm -hmm. literally they hit 31 percent in places. Um, so it started way, way, way back where we just you know, there was a moto and we all followed the moto and he would blow a whistle at the bottom of like 13 of the gnarliest climbs and we'd just race to the top of them. And now it's taken on this whole life of its own. It's a cancer, uh, it benefits cancer research and all this stuff, but it still races up like just the stupidest unpaved climbs we have. And it's called the monkey knife fight. So I'm doing that hell of Hunterton, which is also another segment sort of racing thing. Mammoth, which I keep thinking, why have I signed up for that? Because it's Mammoth in Pennsylvania. It's 140 miles. Of, yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. It's in May. I'm not Rap. psychologically ready for that yet. Yes. <laughs> Gravel, single track, whatever the woods throws at you. Um, yeah, those are my big things. I keep thinking, oh, and I'm, I'm helping out with, uh, this is cool, uh, Girls Gone Gravel. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that group and that podcast. Yeah. They are doing a Girls Gone Graveling Festival in Bentonville area at the end of April, and I'm helping out with that. And it's cool. It's, you know, I think there's 250 women coming. There's 10,000 women in that group, which is really? bonkers. Yes. Wow. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see the, the growth of that. That's amazing. Good for you. Good for you to be a part of that. So, yeah, let's hear about the podcast. How's that been going? It's been going super, super well. I mean, we yeah. also have, um, you know, that we have a sort of a adjunct group that goes with it, and that's got 10,000 women in it at this point. And uh, yeah, I, I think it just won a little award in, in outdoor podcasting, which is exciting. I mean, I, I, I got the unofficial notice that we won, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I knew that it was plugging into something. I, I likened it. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. And I feel like the whole thing has just been like sort of turning on a light switch, right? So when I hit this sort of like transitionary period in my life, I felt very, very much in the dark. You know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't feel, I didn't see anybody else, you know, necessarily. But like once I started doing this, it was literally like turning on a light. I'm like, oh, you know, I can see and look at all these women. And, you know, I understand what's happening. And the it's it's 100% women lifting up women and helping each other and the community is incredibly positive and so active it's just it's been it, it's truly the highlight of my professional life in many ways oh yeah That's congratulations it. yeah thank you well look if somebody had told me five years ago that i would sometimes tune into a podcast about menopause i would <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of guys that do it's kind of funny yeah. It's like, because some of it, a, a lot of like, the, I obviously say that, but a lot of your guests are, it is more about like aging athletes, right? Like a yeah. lot of it is universal. So, so there's some really, really interesting stuff in there. And you've had some awesome, awesome guests. Has that been, has that part of it been easy to find people and book people? Yeah, it's been, I mean, that's the benefit of having been, you know, writing for endurance magazines and general magazines like men's health and women's health and all that for 20 some years and also being an athlete myself you know and racing with rebecca rushes and those kind of people i just have a lot of contacts 
So it, it just really made it uh, pretty easy out of the gate to get some some bigger names. And then once you have, you know how it is, like once you have those yeah. names and it got a little easier to cold call people because they'd be like, oh, such and such was on. So, OK, like if she's on, I'll be on. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. Like I didn't know Nancy Fagan and some of those legendary climbers. I, you know, I'm not in the rock climbing world, but uh and and I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised. The thing that I was concerned about is that people would not want to put themselves in that demographic as active yeah. athletes, right? You know, they'd be concerned about being perceived somehow as old and weak or all the stereotypes that you might think would be associated with that. But I really feel like we've turned a corner on that. I've only had a couple of people who are like, hmm, you know, and I'm just like, okay, you know, I respect that. I totally get it. Yeah. But Right. Um, by and large, it has not been that way. And I feel like the more I have people on, like, you know, Melanie McQuaid's and, and all the all the people in the world who are just openly talking, that those those walls will fall. That's awesome. Well, like our demographics, I'm sure, are different than yours, but I can I can tell and it's more male than female, but I can sure. tell you that age-wise, there's a lot of, I can tell our listeners, there's a lot of really good content in there. And that that's something that I wanted to ask you specifically about is, like, you knew a ton about exercise physiology and stuff before you started this podcast. But what have you learned? Like, wh what have you learned in the last little while since you've been doing this that, that really, like, opened your eyes as an aging athlete or a female athlete or, or whatever? Yeah, no, both. And some of it, to your point, does. It's, it's interesting when you go and read... Um, what is Friel's book? Fast after fifty or fast at what? And he could right, write one. What? What is seventy now? He's got to write fast at seventy. At I'm not fifty yet, but you know, I'm like at some point I should probably read that. But like when I read, when I go back and I pick it up, I'm like, wow, we're saying a lot of the same things. You know, I, I think the big difference is that men get a longer off ramp, so men's testosterone declines gradually and steadily, you know, over time, where women sort of have just this precipitous fall, you know, and, and that's what causes so much of the really, truly disruptive symptomology that can happen all, you know, all at once in a few years in a content space. Mm -hmm. But the end result is like, both sexes have to be working with their changing physiology. And the changing physiology is such that you are losing anabolic stimulus. I think that's like the biggest take home for a lot of this is that, you know, everyone knows testosterone is anabolic, helps you make muscle, helps muscle protein synthesis, all of that. I did not know that estrogen was, you know, like things you don't learn in school, things that, you know, yeah. even in training, I did not know until I was like, what the hell has happened? <laughs> you know, and Stacy's like, hey, you know, Dr. Stacy Sims. So um, that was a giant lesson. And I had always been able to get away without lifting weights, you know, even though I'm a giant proponent of lifting weights, I, I never really felt like I had to that much. I did it off season just for something to do. Now I absolutely have to. And I feel amazing when I lift heavy and I had never lifted heavy weights because I was in that mindset. Like so many people still are like, Oh no, those heavy deadlifts are for the guys with the Zumba pants or whatever those are at the gold's <laughs> gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, that's actually not the case. And it's actually yeah. not how you get big and bulky. You get big and bulky by lifting like a bodybuilder doing tons and tons of reps and sets and breaking down. But like to do four or five sets of heavy deadlifts just like gives you that central nervous system stimulation. And it's, it 
it stimulates your satellite cells. Like it actually helps you. It picks up where your hormones are leaving off is the easiest way to say it. Sure. And I think if anything has really been a light bulb for me, it's that. Like mm. I, I feel it's night and day. Just doing some heavy lifting has been night and day in how I feel. Yeah. And then how do you feel on the bike when you've been lifting? Right? So much better. Right. Exactly. Right. Like so much better. Like, I, like having, you know, I'll be going up. It's very, cause we're, we are in a very hilly state. I think people forget, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, it's kind of like the spring classics around here. You're just yeah. constantly going up and down constantly and it's unforgiving. So, you know, th there was a point at which I was like, this is not really fun, you know, yeah. because I, I just wasn't feeling, I used to feel chainless up some of these hills sometimes, and there's lots of chain on my bike right now. And I, I started lifting heavy again. And I was like, okay, this is way better. Yeah. Really high. And also, um, I have found, and, and there's, there's some nice research to back it up, you know, as far as bringing down cortisol, bringing down inflammation. I mean, that kind of stimulus also helps offset some of that stuff. And a lot of people who have, general mobility stiffness and aches and pains and all that stuff like lifting heavy is very protective against that and I can tell you I I, t I tend to ride with uh, a lot of men because that's you know what's around me and the, some of them are kind of falling apart because they don't yeah. do it they don't I, I hate to say that but they don't do anything else and it becomes so much more important to to take care of your connective tissues and take care of your muscles and take care of all that stuff and so like when you do crash and you, almost all of us crash at some point, you know, like you can take a bit of a hit, like there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And you're not always, you don't turn into one of those egg shaped creatures that, you know, some cyclists over time <laughs> tend to like lose their posture. And, and it's, it's just really support. It's just important to take care of all those supporting muscles over yeah. time. So, so what specifically, oh, like, are you? Are you doing like Olympic style lifting? Like um, well, it's it's funny you mentioned that. So I had gone to CrossFit and, you know, there were elements of it that I really, really liked because I did learn a lot of really nice heavy lifting styles. I had not done, a, you know, a lot of that kind of explosive lifting and it was good to get instruction. Tyler will probably appreciate this. What I didn't like about it was it was so competitive and I just wanted yeah. to put that behind, you know what I mean? Like it gave me such anxiety because it was like I didn't want yeah. that part of my that I didn't want that in my life at that point and it was so competitive I'm like I don't I, I gotta step out of this it's, it's not all up on the board and yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not that I, I didn't actually care but I just didn't want to engage in, in it like that you know what I mean like I didn't care if my name was wherever I mean that, that wasn't my goal but I just didn't want to engage in a competition at 5 30 in the morning like <laughs> with all it just wasn't I wasn't into it but that being said, um, I did learn. So all I do now is I have a tonal. Do you know what those, do you know what that is? Yeah. I love it. Love, really? love, love it. Yes. It is, it is a, um, it looks like a mirror. Do you know those mirrors that people have that the, there's a personal trainer that comes on and talks to you and it takes you through <laughs> workouts? It has, it has that element, but it also has these arms that come out and they're adjustable and they have handles and there's a barbell and there's all stuff that attaches to it. And it's magnetic dynamic weight. Yeah. So you go through a strength assessment and it automatically sets the weight for you and it increases as you get stronger and it actually spots you. 
you know, so if I'm doing a, um, a bench press or some move and I'm starting to fail, it will drop the weight down a pound and give me an assist up. Um, it's Wait. crazy. And so I just, they have programs there and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to off season. I did five by fives, so like lifting heavy. So deadlifts, squats, all that kind of stuff is great. Wow. And it remembers. So I don't, I'm not like dragging giant weight plates across the gym and smashing my fingers, which I always do. And try, you know, like it's so much setup and so much this and so much that, and it's hour and a half, no matter what I do. Like now it's like right in this room behind me. And I just go and I push the button and it, it's so, I can't say enough good things about it. It changed. I've never been more consistent with uh, that kind of resistance training ever, just because it doesn't matter if it's 10 feet of snow out my door. I, I don't have to get the car cleaned off or try to, you know, get to the gym. It's really great. It just depends on what kind of person you are. People who, if they don't go to the gym, can't, they won't work. Like they won't bring the energy up, right? They'll go, maybe they'll fake their way through it at home. But if you have the discipline to do it at home, like. Well, uh, it's interesting you say that, Peter, because I, I don't, I have all the equipment. Like, I won't do that myself. So I was a little skeptical, but as dumb as it is, because there's like Paul, my trainer, standing in front of me, you know, and there's music going and stuff, like my lizard brain is like, hey, I have a friend and I'm trying to impress my friend. It's just, like, you know, it's, it sounds like dumb. That's great. Right. You get the flexibility of being at home, but you feel like there's some like accountability and engagement built into yes. it. Yeah. And then it, it does all the things that all these things do that are so smart. You know, it, it gives you a little boom when you hit a PR. There's a little little sound and a little spark. On, you know what I mean? Like, people love it's that. It's the crowns right? on Strava. It's yeah. all the stuff. Yes, people oh, totally. love that. It's the reason oh, yes. slot machines have so many lights on them and stuff, right? Totally. It works. And I'm it just in work. there like, yay, me. I hit another PR, you know, so. It's giving yeah. you all these little feel-goods. Yeah. So I do so, that. Yeah, great. That's, that's good. Uh, intel for you know pete and i we're getting older yeah we, uh, we gotta start staying up with that stuff right pete yeah more so i mean i do a lot of body weight training mm -hmm. how yeah. do you think how, how would you adjust that would you just start adding weights right like if you're yeah i mean at some point you know, body weight is great and i did that for years and years and years i just think yeah. that you hit a point and it becomes pretty obvious you know when that's just mm -hmm. not going to get you where you want to go and I, love, and I love doing some plyometrics. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. How about stretching? You good with that? I don't do much. I, I don't do much stretching. I do. I try to do yoga once a week. You know, mm -hmm. on Mondays I'll do I'll do some yoga. I going back to the heavy lifting. I find if I'm taking my my joints through the full range of motion through a workout like that, I, my I that's don't run into problems with tightness. I, and that's recognizing that some people might need supplemental you know mobility work but yeah. i i don't tend to i tend to be good without without it good for you good for you yeah and i also feel like you know i know peter you'd ask sort of other universal things and things that i've learned um you know mindset is a huge thing that that everybody kind of wrestles with at this time right there's a point at which you're not going to get faster you know, yeah. I mean, you can hold yeah. on, but, but you're not going to get faster. And some people are really uh, crushed by that. And it's hard not to keep sort of raging against that and, and trying to fight the, this. It, it, it leads to a lot of unhealthy behaviors that, that I've seen. And I think that 
looking for new, you know, that's how, that's why people like Rebecca Rush are so successful, I think, and, and athletes who seem, you, you can look at and they're doing well as they go through all the phases of their life is they find other start and finish lines that don't necessarily end on a podium, but still end yeah. with an accomplishment. And I think that that's really, really important because it keeps you engaged and you're not, there's this tendency and I see it a lot to keep looking over your shoulder or in the rearview mirror at where you were. Yeah. And 50 is entirely too young to start doing that. You know, I, I actually don't think you should spend much time in the rearview mirror most of the time, like, like life is in front of you. Um, but if you, if you aren't chasing these same goals that are going to become increasingly not within your reach or not satisfying to you because it's not what you were doing, uh, you are going to start doing that self-comparison and looking backward and all of that. And just taking a step back and being like, okay, like what would engage me now? And, and what can I learn? Because if you start doing something new, no matter how old you are, you have nowhere to go but up. For sure. Yeah. So how do you, like per, just in your own life, how do you replace some of those things? Because you can't just decide that you will be less competitive, right? You almost need like a different outlet. Like I think for Tyler, what I see in him is that he finds helping others get really mm -hmm. off the stuff is, is one of the ways that he's sort of filled that void. Like he, no offense, Ty, but you're never going to ride a bike as fast as you did in Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I haven't used like a cycling, I haven't used a cycling computer. No, I don't ride a lot. I don't, I don't have one on my bike most of the time. No data. I think data, like, there's a time and place for data, but not all the time, especially as we get older, right? Because totally. the data's, you know, it's not pretty. It's not pretty if you use yeah. that a lot in the past. Like, I don't, there's a time and place for it, but not, I would say, not all the time. I agree with um, that 100%. I, I do yeah. the same thing. And, you know, I try to find like, even the events I go to, I, I'm trying to just do events I haven't done before. So then there's no self-comparison at all. And my main goal is just to, like, engage in the experience. You know, one of the best races I had was last year at Big Sugar, quite honestly. So it was in Ar Arkansas. Really beautiful course. I had, I had pre-rode it, you know, for a media event the year prior. And my goal was just to ride hard, but not, like, get all mental. Just ride yeah. hard stop at the aid stations, you know, ha do the whole experience. So they had like this giant, uh, her name was Buttons, this giant pig. It's the biggest pig I've ever seen at this aid station. And she was there for pictures. And I'm like, I must get a picture. So they had a beer and like a half a hot dog and I, po I posed with Buttons. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. And I pulled in and I still got like third in my age group. So I still stood on a box. And I had a, like, and I was like, this is actually the, if I could have race experiences like this for the rest of my life, I am on the cloud nine. Like that, you know, was really fun. So I, I, I just think, and it wasn't a light switch, you know, that, that transition didn't happen overnight. It's been a, a while of making in sure. my head, but, but that was, that's what I have found helps me is doing new experiences, doing them for the experience. And if there's a result that follows, yay that's great yeah um and then just you know having experiences that are the that are the destination like you know bike packing or that kind of thing where you're just like it's a new thing to figure out can i get from here to there you know this 140 mile thing is it's a little daunting because it is kind of figuring out how to get and i'm not real good at figuring out how to get from here to there so if you don't see me again i'm in central pennsylvania somewhere trying to find my way out 
is it hold on is it self-navigating it's it's loosely marked which is very bad for me so okay and so you, you know service in and out it's I, I'm going to recruit a friend who's also doing it, so I'm just so I'm not out there by my by myself. We'll stick. We'll buddy okay. system. I think the buddy but, system is a good idea. Right, but you're not like looking for books in the woods like the Barclay. Oh Marathon. no, I mean that is a fun idea, but I would not be able to do that alone either. I would need a friend. I'm not, I I have no internal. I have no GPS. I'm like people make fun of me. Longtime friends make fun of me. I. I go out of a room, like a hotel room, and I always walk the wrong way kind of thing. Like, I just have no, you know what I mean? Like, I have just no orientation in space. So anyway, but that's, but that, it's that kind of stuff. And taking up other things, you know, I took up stand-up paddle boarding because I just that's loved right. it. Yeah. 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 That's, you know what, the, um, who talks about, well, a lot of people talk about that, about having a beginner mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's that's that's hard. It, that's it. That's a catchy phrase and an easy thing to say about something that you've done for twenty five years. But it's a really easy thing to do for something that you've never done before, right? Totally. And the and the trick is always like to have it something that is, in my mind, is still attainable. That you're not going to just fall flat on your face over and over and over and just you know like that's not fun either. But most people who are athletic in nature have some crossover skills, right? So they can take on something adjacent to that or something a little different that, you know, they can take their, the skills that have made them so successful here to this thing and just sort of grow with that, you know, and that's, that's exciting. I love so it. Maybe board events at some point. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll necessarily be doing that, but it is kind of cool to be, to have like little adventures like you know we'll be like okay let's start here and go you know park the cars here and see if we can make it down a river or you know that kind of thing I mean, it's just it's just another way to engage your athletic self and still that is just a different way to engage your athletic self that's awesome, that's awesome. yeah we said that at the same time pete yeah really awesome <laughs> really awesome um well so yeah we appreciate you coming on and this has been awesome to catch up with you again yeah, um, no, it's always fun to talk to you guys. Yeah, and keep up the great work. Yeah, we're big fans of yours. And you know. If you ever get your mind around the Everest thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew Jeez. that was coming. <laughs> Jeez. I can't let it go. Hey, it's there. Are you doing another for... one? He's got to. Yeah. Yeah, Are you? I will do it. Yeah, I will. I will. What yeah, is it sure. about it that has you so captivated? That's a good question. It's. I think that it's very much like it could never be the same thing twice. Even if you, even if you did do it on the same hill, which I wouldn't. I mean, I haven't even written. I listened that to hill. that guy, the guy that hurt himself, the guy that who was the man that did like it was mind numbing. He did so many. I can't even remember how many Everest, and then he like broke his leg or something. Broke his femur doing an Everest thing, of course. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, he's done 137 Everest things. Which is, and it was definitely by far the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the hardest thing a lot of people have done that do them, right? Like, it's so hard. Um, 137. He's done 45 on the same hill. That's so, what that's what made me think of it. It's like, whoa. even though I'm sure it's different every time you get it, I, I just, my head is not built for that. I couldn't even, I mean, I, I'm sure he can't even remember, like, specifically which laps or which days. And, like, I'm sure they have largely blended together on that 45 times hill. But 
there's um there's challenges there's different ways to do the challenge too right so they have like a there's a rome 10k which means that, don't that sounds more challenge. attractive to yeah. me yeah. i think that's probably what i'll try this year and then there's also the idea of there's there's so many hills that haven't been Everested. Like it's hard to look at a hill now and not think about like what it would be like to Everest it, right? Like it's hard not to do that now. So yeah, the idea of finding some ones that haven't been done, especially the ones that are local to me that are like sort of legendary cycling hills, but they haven't been Everested. Really? They, and they haven't what like there's that's kind of yeah. wow. Because there's still not like there's still not that many people that I've I know I, it's like it's any, like anything though right you're in that bubble and you feel like everybody's done it but like yeah ninety nine point nine percent of people have not done this exactly yeah. like twenty twenty almost twenty one thousand entrants into the Hall of Fame but a lot of people have done more than one right so I think there's like eight or nine thousand people who've done it in the world wow. so wow. Compared to how many people cycle like it's not that it's sure. not actually people. Yeah, so there's lots of fresh hills out there. I'm sure there's plenty in PA. I'm oh, 100%. I mean, I like, yeah, we have, I, like, we did that half one and we have looked at all of them. I mean, there's plenty of hills that would would fit the bill. It's just. And your half one sounded awesome, but maybe a bit too. It's great. Not it's too long. Full, right? Yeah, it would have been too long for a full because it was 120 miles to do the half. Ooh. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> it would have been, yeah. been a very. Uh, yeah, very, very four, 240 four. is too much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's too much. But love to have you on the Everesting podcast sometime. Just I you will be the first to know, my friend, if I ever actually decide to do that. Same goes for Tyler. I'm sure there's plenty to do in Missoula. There's a lot to do besides riding your bike. Besides Everesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. You you have a pretty you have a reputation of being pretty good at climbing hills, Tyler. I think you could find a really steep hill and you could do it. The same one 87 times. I'm oh, sure. man, that just sounds brutal. That sounds brutal. But what's I like, the hardest, I like, what's that? What's the hardest part of it, Peter? Oh, yeah, good question. Good question. Um, the, for me, it was the time. So I would definitely like to do it on a, if I was just going to do an Everesting, like a standalone Everesting on a hill, like not a Rome challenge or something, yeah. definitely for hill. Because it just took, I didn't do it on a very steep hill. The reason I picked it was it was close to home. There's other reasons why I picked it, but I knew it wasn't that steep and it was a really long ride. Like it was 200 miles. Um, That's a long day. No matter uh, how you cut it. 200 miles with 9,000 meters of climbing is pretty intense. So it was so long like i've been riding for 17 hours and i was like okay i've got like probably six to go like it's yeah. just brutal brutal so how many long. hours did it actually take you my moving time was 22 hours or sorry my elapsed time was 22 hours and 59 minutes so 23 hours yeah, and hours. but if you do if you even do uh like it was a 5.8% average gradient. If you're on a 8% gradient or a seven and a half, it cuts off like- That's like the sweet spot, right? Something like the yeah. huge- Then you're not frying your legs. Like once you hit yeah. nine, 10, it's good. Cause yeah. if, you have, if you have the right gearing, you can do the same wattage, but you can just cut off six hours, like for the same, <laughs> for the same physical effort, like a huge difference. So definitely when I was toward the end of it, I was like, uh, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That was the hardest part, I would say. It's just it took so long. And there's nothing you can do about nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's gonna take what it takes. Because even if yeah. you go, even if I went a little harder, it, it, it what take 20 minutes? A couple minutes, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But wow. Pete, you you got one under your belt. 
you know, you inspired a lot of people, you know, including Celine and I. You raised a it, bunch of money for a great cause. So yeah, it was lots of lots of good things to get it done. Because now if I do it again and I fail, it's like, well, I did it. Like yeah. totally. Yeah, the pressure's so off. Of, I was very scared of not doing it because it would mean that I'd have to try again. Totally. Leave yeah. it on, especially if I got close. So it was a huge relief. Because yeah. and there's no guarantees. I had nothing go wrong. Like I didn't have any like physiological problems come up. I didn't have eating. Problems. All that was fine. Didn't even have a flat. That's I mean, I, the thing that I would worry about, like the nutritional yeah. piece. At exactly. some point, my belly would be like, "What are you doing?" It yeah. definitely <laughs> is. But I'm able to kind of keep it together. But yeah, yeah. by by twenty hours of like, okay, two hundred and fifty calories an hour for twenty straight hours. <laughs> <I know>. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? And then I could have done an now, Ironman and another thing, and I don't even know on top of that. Yeah, yeah, it would be like an Ironman and a half in terms yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and you spent a lot of it by yourself, right? Uh, maybe a half of it at least, right? Yeah, probably like in the middle of the day. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it, a lot of it was by myself. You kind of get podcast, into, music, anything. Yeah, I sure. did. When I listened to some live concerts, but like oh, wow, concerts. So like you know, for you hear the band come on, and it just sort of like took me somewhere else for a while. Just with one earbud and just yeah 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 no, that's I do that yeah it was and suddenly like an hour and a half had gone by and not suddenly yep. yeah I know I know what you mean <laughs> Celine Excellent. you are asking you're asking a lot of questions about this maybe there is a <laughs> Pete I you know I'm a host too <laughs> <laughs> yeah one day one you'll find yourself one day. Google well, probably one day I you know I never yeah. say never but yeah anyway I'll let you know. Thanks yeah. again for doing this, Lena. It's great to catch up. Yeah, no, always great. And uh, keep on keeping on, and maybe I'll see you in uh, August. Thanks again to Celine and thanks again to everybody for tuning in. Thank you to the State Bicycle Company, to the Black Bibs, and to Wheel Science for supporting the podcast. Uh, you can find information about our upcoming in August, the three days of gravel event in Kimberly, British Columbia, go to adventureaudiopodcast.com to learn more there or hit us up with questions about the podcast, about events, about guests, about anything, adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon.